Hello, I'm glad you could meet with me again today. We are continuing on with our study of Genesis, and we've already covered the first 41 chapter. We're getting close to the end. There's 50 chapters in Genesis, and we're going to look at chapter 42 today and talk more about Joseph and what's going on with him in Egypt. And we're going to see that his brother is going to end up coming there and fulfilling the dream that he had. So if you're ready, we're going to go ahead and get started with our study today on chapter 42. So here we are starting with verse 1. It says, Now when Jacob saw that there was corn in Egypt, Jacob said unto his sons, Why do ye look one upon another? So when it says corn, that could also be interpreted as grain, uh, things they can make, make food out of. And so he, uh, Jacob looks at his sons, and they're looking at each other kind of strangely. He says, why do you look upon one another? And it's, they're looking at each other oddly because they realize that uh, when they sold Joseph, he was probably sent to Egypt and sold down there. And so they're thinking back tw uh, 20 years now, and, the, and their conscience is still burnt, uh, bothering them that what they've done to Joseph, and so they're still look, they're looking at each other like, oh, this had to come up now, I guess. They kind of thought maybe it'd never come up again, but sure enough, it did come up. God hasn't forgotten what they've done to uh, Joseph, even though God wanted Joseph in Egypt. That doesn't make them right for what they did to him. But let's keep on going here with verse number two, and he said. And Jacob said, Behold, I have heard that there is corn in Egypt. Get you down thither and buy for us from thence, that we may live and not die. So this was a worldwide famine, but also it had the famine had reached Canaan, and so they need to get some food there. They're going to starve to death because they didn't have anything to eat. So Jacob is telling his, his boys, I want you to get your stuff ready and head on down to Egypt where I hear they have food and bring some food back to us. And in verse number three, it says, And Joseph's ten brethren went down to buy corn in Egypt. So only ten of the twelve went. Remember, uh, Jacob thinks that one of his sons is dead. Joseph, he thinks, is dead, even though we're going to find out that he is not dead. And then the other son is Benjamin, who we're going to find out here in just a moment that he's not going to send Benjamin uh, with the boys. Because remember that Benjamin, Joseph and Benjamin are the sons of Rachel, which was his favorite wife. And so he, he doesn't want to send Benjamin because he, he likes him an awful lot. He's the youngest one. And if you'll remember that Rachel died in childbirth. When she had when she um, had Benjamin, so let's look at verse number four. It says, "But Benjamin, Joseph's brother, Jacob sent not with his brethren, for he said, lest peradventure or perhaps mischief befall him." He says, "I'm not going to send him because something might bad might happen to my youngest son." So you ten, it's not that he didn't love the other ten; he just loved the youngest one a little more. And so he was showing a little favoritism, but that's been what Jacob has done all the way through. 
he has shown favoritism. And uh, remember, he showed favoritism to Joseph. He made him the coat of many colors. You know, he he's shown that he liked Joseph just a little bit better than everyone, and that's why the brothers didn't like him so much. And that's why all this, this happened. Joseph is not that good of a father, it doesn't appear like. So verse number 5 says, And the sons of Israel came to buy corn among those that came, for the famine was in the land of Canaan. As we just said, the famine was everywhere, and it also reached Canaan. Verse number 6, And Joseph was the governor, the master or the ruler. He was the second ruler in the land of Egypt, very powerful. Remember, he went there as a slave, and in a few years he became the second ruler of the nation, thanks to God. And Joseph was the governor over the land, and he it was that sold to all the people of the land. And Joseph's brethren came and bowed them down themselves before him with their faces to the earth. That's how they bowed themselves. But we shouldn't think that they're bowing themselves to Joseph as if he's God. That's not what that's not what's happening here. Uh, they were bowing to him out of respect. You know, you're the governor or the ruler of this land, and we've come to buy him. We're just showing due respect to you. There's nothing wrong with that. And uh, verse seven says, and Joseph saw his brethren. Well, let me. I want to say one more thing here about showing respect. We should show due respect to people. Well, we need to show respect to those that are in authority over us, Uh, not improper respect. We need to show proper respect to them that are in authority over us. And uh, the world does not show God respect hardly at all. They take his name in vain. They don't care about how they talk about him. But they should show God respect, and we need to show God respect in how we talk about Him, how we live our lives. Everything we do should give God the glory. Now let's go on to verse 7. And Joseph saw his brethren, and he knew them. So we see here that Joseph immediately recognized his brothers, but they wouldn't have recognized him probably. It's been 20 years. He, he was next to the youngest, so he probably changed a lot. Plus, they were not expecting Joseph to be one of the rulers of Egypt. They they remember that they sold him into slavery. And, of course, they told their father that he died and uh, brought back his coat of many colors stained with blood, uh, an animal's blood. But here he is, one of the rulers of the land, governing all the, the food that is being handed out. Now, they wouldn't have expected that. So it started again on verse 7. It says, And Joseph saw his brethren, and he knew them, but made himself strange unto them. It says made himself strange. He made himself not recognizable to them. And spake roughly to them. You know what that that means? For someone to speak roughly to you, kind of severely to you. You know, he wasn't being kind to them. Because once again, he didn't want them to recognize him. Not yet anyway. And uh, Joseph said unto them, Whence come ye? And they said, From the land of Canaan to buy food. So I, we can say that uh, Jacob's sons are being truthful to Joseph at this point. And verse number 8 says, And Joseph knew his brethren, but they knew him not. And we just talked about that. They didn't recognize who he was. Uh, 
In verse number 9, And Joseph remembered the dreams which he dreamed of them, and said unto them, Ye are spies to see the nakedness of the land ye are come. So he says to them, you know, you're just you're just a bunch of spies. You're coming in here to see our weaknesses and see what's going on with the land. See if you can come in here and attack us. But they're but they're saying in verse ten, they said unto him, Nay, my lord, but to buy food are thy servants come. So they're saying, We're not spies, we're just here to buy food. I want to go back and talk about that thing about them not recognizing Joseph. Joseph is a type of Christ and they didn't recognize him at all because they weren't looking for him. And the world does not want to recognize who Jesus is. Are we recognizing who Jesus is? Are we willing to say, he is my Lord and my Savior? He's done everything for me. Are we recognizing that he is our Savior, that he can do everything for us? All we have to do is show him respect, come before him, ask forgiveness of our sins, and move on with the Lord. He wants to forgive us of our sins. He wants to give us everything that we need. Just like Joseph was trying to feed them, uh, feed his brothers and feed the people of the world with the food he had stored up for seven years. Uh, God is trying to take care of us if we would just submit ourselves to him. Are we willing to submit ourselves to him and recognize him as our Lord and Savior? Let's keep moving here. Verse 11 says, We are all one man's sons. These are Jacob's sons saying, We are all one man's sons. We are true men. Thy servants are no spies. And this, these statements are saying they're true men or they're good men. And they're not spies. This is all true. They're not lying to him. But Joseph is making a little bit difficult on them. Uh, not not out of revenge, but he he wants to see why they're here, if they you know what's going on with them. So he's not making it too easy on them yet. And it, verse thirteen says, and they said, thy servants are twelve brethren, the sons of one man in the land of Canaan, and behold, the youngest is this day with our father, that be Benjamin, and one is not that who they thought Joseph was. Well, they knew that they did, he wasn't dead when uh, uh, they let him go, but they thought possibly he could be now, being a slave. 14 says, And Joseph said unto them, That is it. I speak unto you, saying, Ye are spies. So Joseph continues the ruse, and he says to them, No, I know you're spies. So definitely he's, Kind of giving a hard time here a little bit, but he's not really being mean to him. He's just showing them, uh, telling them that wants to find out what they know and if they're going to be truthful with him. Verse 15 says, Hereby ye shall be proved. By the life of Pharaoh ye shall not go forth hence, except your youngest brother come hither. So he says, You're not leaving here unless someone brings. Uh, your youngest brother Benjamin here because he wants to see his brother anyway and uh, it's been 20 so 20 about 20 years so he's wanting to see his youngest brother and 16 says send one of you and let him fetch your brother and ye shall be kept in prison that your words may be proved 
whether there be any truth in you, or else by the life of Pharaoh, surely ye are spies. He's saying, okay, you're going to have to prove to me that you have this brother Benjamin, and come back and show me, otherwise I'm going to be right that you are spies. Of course, he knows they're not spies, but he's, he's making them bring Benjamin to him. Verse 17 says, And he put them all together into ward three days. The word ward here, W-A-R-D, just means jail or prison, or they were guarded. They might have just been put in a room under guard. Verse 18, And Joseph said unto them the third day, This do and live, for I fear God. This is an interesting statement here. Now, they don't recognize this as their brother Joseph. They recognize him as one of the rulers of Egypt. But he says, I, I, I fear God. Now, uh, they're not thinking that this ruler of Egypt is serving the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He, they're thinking, no, this is a ruler of Egypt. So Egypt was very polytheistic. And so they served all kinds of gods. So they probably think he is saying that uh, they probably think he is saying that I, I fear God or one of one of my many gods. But that's not what he was saying. He was saying, actually, if they had heard him correctly, he was saying, I fear the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And nineteen says, if ye be true men, let one of your brethren be bound in the house of your prison. So now and now we see him changing his mind and he's saying, if you be true men or good men, let one of your brethren be bound in the house instead of the other way he was saying that uh, just leave, just all of you stay and one go back. Now he's saying you can just leave one and the rest of you go back. He says, if you be true men, let one of your brethren be bound in the house of your prison Go ye, carry corn for the famine of your houses. So he's going to let nine of them go back and just leave one. So he says, But bring your youngest brother unto me, so shall your words be verified, and ye shall not die. And, th- and they did so. So he, this is interesting, he says, And ye shall not die. Now we know Joseph had no intentions of killing his brothers, but he is making this statement, making it sound very serious that, hey, bring your brother, your youngest brother back here to prove what you're saying. Even though he knew what they were saying, he wanted it to sound very serious to them. He wanted to get their attention. And so he says here in 21, And they said one to another, We are very guilty concerning our brother, in that we saw the anguish of his soul, when he besought us, and we would not hear. Therefore is this distress come upon us. And they're, so they're, they're guilty. Their conscience is guilty here. They're thinking back 20 years what they did to Joseph. And they're feeling very guilty. And they're saying what we've done here is coming upon us. And it, it is true. What they did with Joseph caused what's happening right now. But it, they're they're looking at it a little bit differently. They're almost looking at this as oh, what we've done has caused bad karma. 
Now, we don't believe in karma as Christians. And these these sons of Jacob here, they were all uh, uh, men that believed in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But they were not real good followers of God at this point. And they might have been thinking more like, well, this is bad luck or misfortune because... Um, we did this other thing, and in a sense, they're right, and in a sense, they're wrong. And let's look at verse 22. And Reuben answered them, saying, Spake I not unto you, saying, Do not sin against the child, and ye would not hear? Therefore, behold, also his blood is required. So Reuben, he's the oldest son, remember? And Reuben is taking an opportunity. He did say to them, 20 years ago, don't bring any harm to Joseph. He, he did stand up for him. But Reuben is taking an opportunity to say, I told you so. And sometimes we do that. Sometimes we speak up in ways or at times that we just shouldn't do it. He did not need to say at that, at that moment right here, they are under arrest by one of the rulers of Egypt, and they've been accused of being spies, it wasn't the time for him to be saying, I told you so. He should have been helping them figure out what they're going to do to go home, get Benjamin, and bring him back. But no, he just had to stop what he was doing and say, yeah, I told you not to do this. Do we ever do that? Do we ever speak uh, out of turn? Sometimes we let, uh, we let ourselves get out of line, don't we, and start speaking in ways we shouldn't be speaking and when we really should be listening to the Lord and letting him guide us, we let our own mouths get ourselves in trouble. We need to bring our tongue under control. And so let's see what it says here in 23. And they knew not that Joseph understood them, for he spake unto them by an interpreter. So to continue reinforcing the ruse, uh, Jacob was using an interpreter because that would make them believe that he only understood Egyptian when really he understood Egyptian and Hebrew. So he was understanding all they were saying in Hebrew. and But he had tricked them into believing he didn't. He didn't know and didn't believe it. I mean, <laughs> didn't believe it. Didn't understand it. Oh, and I want to cover this one thing back here. Uh, so when... when uh, when Joseph said, just leave one man and the rest of you go home. When we look at uh, Jewish folklore, now this has, is, is not Bible, this is just Jewish folklore. It is believed that the one they left behind is Simeon. Because folklore tells us that Simeon was the one that suggested they kill Joseph and Simeon, and folklore also tells us that Simeon is the one that put him in the pit. Now, again, that is not Bible. This is just folklore that I'm, I'm telling you. All the Bible says is that they, they, they did these things to Joseph. And so um, uh, that's, that's how it's put, put that they, they the brothers, it doesn't single out Simeon. But if you look at the folklore, the folklore 
uh, calls out Simeon. Don't take that, of course, as the gospel truth. That's not in the Bible. It's just something that's interesting. And uh, it's, it's kind of interesting to see what the folklore says. So let's keep on here. 24 says, And he turned himself about from them and wept. Joseph, that is, turned himself about from them and wept, and returned to them again, and communed with them, and took from them Simeon, and bound him before their eyes. And so uh, Joseph, as he was listening to what they were saying in Hebrew, them, the brothers thinking Joseph couldn't understand, it just broke his heart and he started crying. So he turned around. The word, the, uh, the phrase turned himself means either turned around or that he walked off or walked around a little bit. So he probably walked off from them a little bit so they wouldn't see him crying over what they have said. And then he, after he got, got his composure back, he returned to them again. And to, again, to show them the, the seriousness of this situation, he took Simeon, and with Simeon being the second oldest and the one, according to folklore, that was the one that uh, suggested that they kill Joseph. He, they, he tied up and or bound Simeon's hands, maybe in his feet, right in front of the brothers. So he could have them say, hey, you might want, want, want to hurry and get back here because your brother is bound here. He's all tied up. Verse 25, Then Joseph commanded to fill their sacks with corn and to restore every man's money into his sack, and to give them provision for the way, and thus did he unto them. He, he said he was uh, going to give them corn to go with, to take back home, you know, grain to go home with so they could feed their families. But then he says, he, he says here, he restored every man his money. And that's going to worry the brothers, because they weren't expecting to get their money back. They expected to pay for this corn that they were purchasing. But Joseph gives them back all of their money. And not only that, he gives them provision to go home on so they didn't have to use what he gave them for their family. And then he says in 26, And they laded their asses with corn and departed thence. So their, uh, their animals, their pack animals, were loaded down with grain and they headed home. And in 27 it says, and as one of them opened his sack to give his ass provender in the inn, you know, where they, they took a break, he espied his money, for behold, it was in his sack's mouth. That's the last thing that he, he expected to find. He did not expect to find his money. He figured that Joseph took their money that they brought to pay for this corn, but Joseph put their money back in the sack, which is a problem, they believe is at least a problem for them. And 28 says, And he said unto his brethren, My money is restored. I can hear him right now in my head. My money is restored. What are we going to do? I, I didn't mean to keep it. And of course, he didn't do it. He says, And lo, it is even in my sack. And their heart failed them, and they were afraid, saying, one to another, what is this that God hath done unto us? Now, isn't that interesting? Instead of them thinking maybe a mistake has happened, the brothers start immediately 
blaming God for for this what they view as a very big problem having their money back in the sacks and do we ever do that do we start blaming God when we shouldn't God is never to blame God is to be worshiped God is to be praised God is to be thanked God should give all we should give him all the glory and all the praise for everything but as soon as these men turned around. They had all the corn. All they had to do is go home and get their brother. They started blaming God for them having their money. We shouldn't blame God. We should go to God in prayer and ask, Hey, God, what happened? Why has this happened? God can help us, but he is not to be blamed. We should put our faith and trust in God. Verse 29 says, and they came unto Jacob their father unto the land of Canaan and told him all that befell them, saying. So we see here they've gotten back home now. And it's a pretty good journey from Egypt. If you look on a map, I, I didn't look about any miles it is, but it's quite a big journey from Egypt to Canaan. So it's not just a little hop, skip, and a jump. It's, it's a good amount of time. But now they've arrived home. And so what we're going to see in the next few verses, I think, around, down to around 30, verse 34, we're going to see them recounting the story of what happened to them, to Jacob, their father, so that, that he can understand what's going on. So let's, let's continue on with 30. The man who is the Lord of the land, talking about Joseph, spake roughly to us and took us for spies of the country. 31. And we said unto him, We are true men, we are no spies. So far they're giving their father the, the right, right answers, the right story. Verse 32, We be twelve brethren, sons of our father, one is not, and the youngest is this day with our father in the land of Canaan. 33, And the man, the lord of the country, said unto us, Hereby shall I know that ye are true men. Leave one of your brethren here with me. That'd be Simeon, probably. Uh, well, because we don't know if it's Simeon or not. I mean, we're just, that, that's what the folklore says. Here with me, and take food for the famine of your households and be gone. 34, and bring your youngest brother unto me. Then shall I know that ye are no spies, but that ye are true men, so will I deliver you, your brother, and ye shall traffic in the land. He says, if you come back with your brother, I'll give you their brother I got in jail here, and you can buy and sell here in the land of Egypt. And 35 says, And it came to pass, as they emptied their sacks, that, behold, every man's bundle of money was in his sack. And when both they and their father saw the bundles of money, they were afraid. They're afraid that the, the ruler, their Joseph, is going to think that somehow they stole their money back and that they're going to be in trouble when they get back there or that he might even come hunting for them. Verse 36 says, And Jacob their father said unto them, Me have ye bereaved of my children. Joseph is not. He believes that Joseph is dead. And Simeon is not. And, and ye will take Benjamin away. All these things are against me. 
So we see Jacob stating that, uh, hey, you, you're causing me to lose all my sons. He's blaming his boys. 37 says, And Reuben spake unto his father, saying, Slay my two sons, if I bring him not to thee. Deliver him into my hand, and I will bring him to thee again. So Reuben says, Give me the opportunity to go back and get your to go back with Benjamin and bring him back to you. And if I don't bring him back, you can kill my two sons. That's quite a thing to say, isn't it? I I couldn't have said that. I got three children. I couldn't have offered up two of my sons like that. I just couldn't do it. I have to think of some other way to handle it. Verse 38. And he said, My son shall not go down with you. This is Jacob speaking. My son shall not go down with you. For his brother is dead, and he is left alone. If mischief befall him by the way in the which ye go, then shall ye bring down my gray hairs with sorrow to the grave. So Jacob says, You're not taking Benjamin and going back. He's not going to allow, he says, if, if I let him, him go with you and something happens to him and he gets killed, he said, that will cause me to die. And he said, I just couldn't take it. Well, that brings us to the end of our story today. Tomorrow we'll be looking at uh, verse 43 and up through verse 45, this uh, story continues. So we got a ways to go. It's very interesting what God is having for us. So uh, get some time, read over the chapter again. Read over 43 if you get an opportunity also. It's not too long. It's only uh, 34 verses. And we will meet again together and see what God has for us. I hope you have a good day.